Well, hello there, future fans. It is episode 57. That is right. We are almost to 60 and never in my wildest dreams did I think it would have gone that far. I mean, I, I wanted it to and I planned on this show going on for a while, but it didn't even occur to me that this could happen. Well, it is the week of September 8th and we have 12 movies coming out. So let's not waste any more time and get right into it. Welcome to Future Flicks. Welcome. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to my future friends and welcome to any new listeners. That is right. You are here on Future Flicks and this is the show where I go over all the movies of the week. So what I do is I look up and find every movie that's coming out during the week. I give it a review. I talk about it a bit and I give you all of my thoughts on it. I give it a score that goes from zero for the really bad and 11 to the really good. And in most other episodes, I give you some news and some trailers. And starting again next week, I'm going to give the question of the week another shot. So sorry, next week, there'll be a question of the week tacked onto that. But how do you reach me? So when I start the questions again, how do you reach me? If you have questions, comments, what do you do? All right. Well, first of all, Let's work on how you can listen to the show. You can listen to me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. I should be working on YouTube again soon. That'll be up within within the next couple weeks. Tumblr, maybe we'll get we'll get back on that, but for now, there are podcast apps. There are a ton of other ways to listen to it and you're obviously here. You are here listening. So thank you very much. And how do you get in contact with me? All right, we have Twitter and we have Instagram, Billiam, S-W-N, and you can email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. So in the intro, I said that in most episodes, I'm going to talk about news and trailers. Well, that's because this is a special episode, well, different, more like it. Uh, I'm not going to talk about the news and the trailers. Actually, I just have one trailer to mention really quick, and then we're going to jump right into the movies. I want this to be a quick episode because there's something really important to me that I, I want to do, and I didn't want to spend a lot of time on a long episode. So with Without further ado, let's talk about that one trailer. Again, no inch over the trove. That trailer is for Blade of the Immortal. This looks redonkulous, all right? It looks really good. If you saw the Rurouni Kenshin movies and you thought, wow, that was a really good adaptation of the famous manga onto the silver screen. They looks like they're doing the same thing for Blade of the Immortal, and it looks really good. They're changing a couple things. From what I can tell, it's been years and years since I've read the manga, uh, but it looks like they're changing a little bit, but the movie looks good. It does. So if you are a fan of anime, check out the trailer. You might like this. But like I said earlier, we have 12 movies this week, so let's jump right into it with a movie called Gunshy. Turk Henry is an aging rock star on vacation. When his wife, the famous model Sheila, gets kidnapped, Turk must do all he can to get her back. The stars Puss in Boots himself, Antonio Banderas from Desperado, Olga Kurilenko from Quantum of Solace is in it as well. 
Oh, how the mighty have fallen. If you think about it, there, there are a lot of stars from the 90s that are now doing these straight-to-VOD-worthy movies. And while it's good that they're still working, at the same time, they're not as big as they once were. There's a whole another slew of actors that maybe in 10, 20 more years will be just like Antonio Banderas is now. I mean, I'm not really sure how much he cares because he probably doesn't need any money for the rest of his life. But I was looking back on his filmography and I have to ask myself, was Ballistic X versus Sever the beginning of the end for him? Because after that movie, he started doing smaller and smaller roles. But enough about that. Let's talk about this movie. This looks like Get Him to the Greek, but with guns. While that may seem like a good premise, or at least an entertaining one, it actually doesn't work. At least not from what I've seen. I have the suspicion that this is the case of a bad trailer, because the trailer left me colder than a handjob from Mr. Freeze. This has the potential to be entertaining. Good? Mm, not so much, but at least fun. But here on FutureFlex, we don't dabble in that sort of guessing. No, we use empirical evidence. No, we don't. I just, I just bullshit. That's what I do. <laughs> we have to go off the trailer. And the trailer just looks bad. This looks full of bad jokes and a flimsy plot that was put together so poorly that the end result looked like more of a mess than the toilet after a dude tries to pee during a sneezing fit. This has potential, but from the looks of the trailer, it's not going to live up to it. Gunshy gets a 3 out of 11. Well, this week brings us quite a few foreign movies, so let's just let's just get right into it. Let's get them out of the way. But actually, there are a couple interesting-looking ones too. But let's start with one called *The Unknown Girl*. A woman gets obsessed with the case of a dead woman after learning that the woman had died shortly after ringing her doorbell for help. Wow, I said woman a lot in that. Should have called the woman do the doctor, the PhD student. I think she's a PhD student. So a PhD student gets obsessed with the case. Blah blah blah. That would have sounded better. I think so. Yeah. But let's move on. This film comes to us from France, and this looks like a long episode of Law and Order, but boring in French. If you've seen French movies before, you'll be familiar with this style. It's very slow moving, very methodical, but for no particular reason other than just being artsy. This isn't the type of movie that benefit from the artsy treatment, but guess what? It's getting it anyway, because why the f not? Of course, I'm not well versed in French films. This could just be the way that they do it. Boring. It seems like the editor forgot to cut out all the awkward pauses in conversations, and the director's main instruction for the lead was, do your best impression of Twilight-era Kristen Stewart. No, 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 not the new and improved one who's good, but the old boring one. This film is like a half-erect penis. It's sad, and there's nothing much you can do with it. Hell, look at the poster for this film. It even looks like she's bored in the picture. She's like, oh, get me out of here. Why am I still doing this? And that's probably how we're going to feel watching the movie. Don't see this movie. Skip it at all costs. The Unknown Girl gets a 1 out of 11. Next up on the list is a movie called Lipstick Under My Burka. This is a story of four women who want a little freedom and find it through small acts of rebellion. Alright, this is a Bollywood movie, but not the kind that we're used to. Not at all. In fact, this was so different from India's usual offerings that I thought this wasn't Bollywood and maybe a general Indian cinema film, uh, but alas, I was wrong. This movie shows us the other side of life for women in India. 
We may be more familiar with movies like Job Harry Met Sajal or Rais, where it looks like the women have full freedom and to be as lively and outgoing as they want, but this film shows the other side that we usually don't see in the movies. This film is getting some points because it's not a carbon copy of other movies that have come out before it. This one is different. This one has a different story that's doing more than throwing beautiful people together along with a cheesy love story. I still love your standard Bollywood romance movies, but this one just has more substance. That being said, does it look like it's worth watching? Sure, if it's your thing. Lipstick Under My Burka is one of those deeper and more thought-provoking movies that come out of India, but rarely make it over here. Every once in a while, though, one gets sent over and it looks good. Like the premise said, this movie follows four women. One of them's older, and it's like she's having an affair with a younger dude. Uh, one of them's a teenager who wants to be a musician or something, and then they're, the two middle ones, I, I couldn't figure out from the trailer what their acts of rebellion were, but something about guys. So they're still, guys are still heavily prominent in this story. But even then, it's about how each of these four women are, they have different lives, but they still have or want to break away and experience a little freedom. So yes, we're going to see this story of four women, all different ages at different points in their life, all who want to rebel and all find small ways of doing it. So they don't upset the status quo or go against what's expected of them or in, get in a ton of trouble. This is actually a quite a brave movie, seeing as it it's attack on a patriarchal idea that's still so prominent in a lot of different parts of the world. No matter how good this film looks, though, we're left with the problem that this will be hard to find. Like I said before, I'm lucky enough to live near a large city with a sizable Indian population, so if I really wanted to, I could see this film. But for most of you, it's not going to be possible for you. So if you are interested in this, if something I said resonates with you, then... Good luck. Just make a note and try and find it later. This is a movie to keep on your radar should, like I said, you find it interesting. But if you don't find it interesting, then easy peasy. Just forget about it. Lipstick Under My Burka gets a 7 out of 11. And we have a second movie from Bollywood. And this one is more typical. And it's called Poster Boys. Three men find their pictures used on a poster for vasectomies. And after being ridiculed by their village, they set out on a quest to right the wrong. Alright, here is what I expected when it comes to Bollywood movies that come to America. This is a dumb comedy, kind of like Due Date, but with the Indian style of comedy. This is a basic movie that I've talked about a lot before. There's nothing really new to offer here. The only thing that's different from the standard Bollywood comedy fare is that there's no romance. At least no obvious romance from the trailer. But this looks like India's version of your standard comedy. And you all know there, there are quite a few Indian movies out there that I want to see. And they go on the list, the ever-growing list and the never-ever-shrinking list, but they go on the list. This one, however, will not make it anywhere near the list. It looks boring. It doesn't even look that funny. The trailer says it's based off a true story, but that doesn't make it interesting. Even if this was an American comedy, I would still say it doesn't look interesting. This doesn't look good enough to watch, and especially doesn't warrant any effort to watch it. Poster Boys gets a 3 out of 11. Alright friends, we have two movies before the break, and the first movie is called Antimatter. 
a scientist has discovered how to make matter disappear. She experiments on herself with a technology, but when she comes back, she can't quite remember what happened. This is a British artsy sci-fi movie, and why do I say artsy? Well, check out the trailer and you'll see what I mean. It's artsy as f the premise from IMDb makes this movie sound way better than it looks. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Antimatter is a sci-fi noir take on the Alice in Wonderland tale. Anna, an Oxford PhD student, finds herself unable to build new memories following an experiment to generate and travel through a wormhole. The story follows her increasingly desperate efforts to understand what happened and to find out who, or what, is behind the rising horror in her life. See? Doesn't that sound bad ass but alas it's not this movie looks like writer director keir burroughs had a good idea but it up this could have been really really good but it looks boring and incoherent it's frankly looks like a mess antimatter feels contrived and forced the plot from imdb on top of sounding good sounds more complete than the one i gave you but i couldn't gather any of that plot from the trailer from the looks of the movie, it makes a sci-fi original film look like Oscar-contending material. I get the feeling that this film had such a small budget that, is, that they decided to try and make it artsy to cover for the fact that they didn't have enough to make a good movie. They didn't try and focus on acting and storytelling, which is what would have saved it. Antimatter gets a 2 out of 11. And finally, before the break, we have our last movie, our last foreign movie, and it's called Fallen. A young girl finds herself in a reform school after being blamed for the death of a young boy. At this new school, she finds herself drawn to a fellow student who turns out to be an angel who has been in love with her for thousands of years. This stars Jeremy Irving from War Horse. Before I start, let me be perfectly clear that I'm not critiquing the book at all. I know nothing about the books. I'm judging this off the trailer for this movie, which is what we do here on Future Flicks. So if you're a fan of the book series, don't get butt hurt. But also if you're a fan of the book series, be ready for disappointment. Welcome to Twilight with Angels. So here's what I heard. I heard that from the second book on, it goes its own way. So I kind of compare this to Hunger Games, where the first Hunger Games novel was basically a ripoff of Battle Royale, the Japanese novel. And then it went its own way. So it seems like that this has a similar feeling, that it eventually finds its own stride and goes there. But I don't think we'll ever see the better books turned into movies. This is based off the worldwide best-selling set of young adult novels. So if this is based off a worldwide bestseller, why isn't this getting a bigger release? Why is this the first time I'm hearing about this? So why was this dropped so suddenly on us? That's another question, and I have no clue on the answers to any of them. Why am I talking about this in the foreign film section that I have an answer for? Because this was filmed in Hungary by a Ugandan director and was released in Malaysia first back in 2016. What the f***? I don't even know what's going on there. It could be from an American company, but I don't know because I did not care enough to see who's producing this pile of garbage. This movie was set up to fail and it's going to do so so spectacularly. I feel bad for fans of this series because this movie looks like utter garbage. It looks poorly acted, poorly written with shitty CG and bad cinematography. The whole thing looks like a terrible idea. 
This movie looks terrible, and if you're a fan of the book series, just reread the books instead. You're going to be happy with what you find there. If you have no idea what the series is, if you've never heard of it, then skip this movie at all costs. This doesn't look worth it at all. I read in an article that it says that they were waiting to see how this movie does before they try to make the second movie, and I actually think that's a mistake. I think they should go ahead with the second movie and just replace everyone, replace the writer, replace the director, replace the actors. I even like Jeremy Irving, and it looks like he does a job in this movie. Of course, it could be a case of bad direction, and I really hope that's it, because I like this kid. But I'm sorry to report that if you are a fan, or if you know any fans of this series, that it looks like this movie is going to bomb, and is going to just be a terrible mess. Fallen gets a 1 out of 11. All right, and that is it for the first half of the show. Let us hear a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle. Stay tuned. Imagine yourself on a journey with the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast. The bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Nerds of the Squared Circle on somewhatnerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Starf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds in the Square Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. All right, and we are back. Welcome back. We have some movies to talk about. We do. So let's just jump right back into everything with a group of documentaries, and the first of which is called Trophy. This is an in-depth look into the industry of big game hunting, breeding, and wildlife conservation in the U.S. and Africa. And welcome everyone to the most controversial topic one could possibly make a documentary out of. This story has two sides. First, we have the big game hunters who are doing things the legit way, and I do use big ass air quotes. And on the other side, we have the people who hate what they do. This movie is going to show us the story from both sides. I'm just not sure how honestly it's going to show both sides. I have the feeling that the director has a negative narrative built towards the hunters. I'm not saying I agree with them, but I just really want to see an honest telling of both sides, and I'm not sure if we can do that with this movie. So for those of you who don't know, here's what it's all about. Big game hunters, let's say they want to hunt a lion, or an elephant, or a rhino, but they don't want a huge backlash from it, and they instead turn to an industry that breeds these animals to be hunted, sells the right to kill said animal, and then puts the money back into their business slash conservation effort. The lion in the trailer went for $34,000 just to give you an example of how much it all costs. So for the price of a mid-sized car, you, yes, you could shoot a lion. C- cool. I, I, all right. I personally would never do that. Would I go hunting? Maybe, but I wouldn't hunt a goddamn lion or an elephant or a rhino. 
But let's talk about why I am not going to take sides on this argument. It's because I don't know the whole story. Do these people who breed the animals to be hunted actually put money towards conservation efforts? Are they actually doing a good thing by keeping these people from just going out there and killing an animal with no restrictions? Have the numbers of poachers gone down since this industry was built? Or are they keeping all the money just to breed more animals and get more money from hunters and are calling it conservation? It's not that simple of a question to answer. Also, we have the other side with people protesting against these folks who view the hunters as murderers and judge them as such. Do these protesters actually have a point? Or are they just being stupid hippies that protest without having enough information or ignore information that doesn't suit their cause? I don't want to see this movie, frankly, because I think I would hate both sides. I don't think either side is going to be sympathetic. We're going to have the hunters who are just dickheads with guns pretending that they're helping animals in the environment by killing them. But we're also going to have the protesters who I, I just have this feeling that they are the type of people that are just dickheads with signs who would most likely ignore any information that goes against their preconceived notion. I don't want to watch this film. It looks too polarizing, and there's no proof that this is going to be an honest documentary. True, every documentary has a narrative, has something they want to get across, but they can at least pretend to be open-minded, and I don't think this film is going to do that. Trophy gets a 3 out of 11. And we have the last documentary, which is called School Life. John and Amanda have taught at Hedford Boarding School in Ireland for a long time. But as they near retirement, they take a look at their school, their students, and what they would do if they weren't teachers anymore. This is a very interesting looking documentary, especially for people who, like me, look at boarding schools as a completely foreign idea. Let's be honest, in America, boarding schools have a stigma about them. If you went to a boarding school, you must have been a f up somehow. But the UK and Ireland... If you went to a boarding school, it's no big deal. It's actually quite common. There's no stigma. No one's going to think you're a hooligan just because you went to a boarding school. No. But this film may be about the teachers and how they teach, but it will also showcase the relationships with the students and also how the students get along with each other. So the focus may be on two of the faculty members, but it's about the school as a whole because they are as much part of the school as the building is. I say this looks interesting, but of course I'm a huge nerd and thus find like this interesting. For you, my dear future friends, you may not give two shits about boarding schools, so maybe this is a hard pass for you. For me, this is, as Critter calls it, a hard maybe. While I think it looks interesting, whether or not I see it is up in the air. This looks well shot and looks like a good documentary, should you be into the topic. School Life gets a 6.5 out of 11. Next up is a limited release movie getting an iTunes release on the same day. That movie is called The Good Catholic. Daniel is a small town priest who felt that it was his calling. He loves being a priest, but when he meets Jane, he begins to question his calling. This stars TV actor Zachary Spicer, Ren Schmidt from Outcast, Danny Glover from Lethal Weapon, and John C. McGinley from Scrubs. And welcome to the weirdest Father Ted fanfic I have ever seen. Did that obscure Irish sitcom joke do anything for you? No? No? No one? Alright, cool. Let's move on. Unlike last week's Catholic movie, this one isn't some inspiring movie that would be viewed best in a megachurch on a Friday night. This film is a drama romance with a touch of comedy and it's going to be enjoyable. But here's the thing. It doesn't look enjoyable enough for a theater. In fact, this looks more like a reliable movie for a 
TV network to play. If it had come on on Lifetime or Hallmark, I would have watched it, I would have enjoyed it, and been pleasantly surprised. But if I saw this in a theater, I don't think I would have actually gone to see it in a theater. That's the that's thing. What we have here is a movie that's equally enjoyable and missable. And when you have those two levels at the same place, unfortunately, the missable is going to win. This is something you'd enjoy if you watched it, but also something you wouldn't miss if you skipped it. And that, I, I think, like I said, is always going to win. So what we have here is a good story with some good actors in it, but that just doesn't have enough to have theater draw. If it sounds interesting to you, this is something to keep an eye out for later, but for right now, let it pass you by. The Good Catholic gets a 7 out of 11. And finally, before the big two of the week, we have a movie called 9-11. A group of five people find themselves trapped in an elevator in the World Trade Center's North Tower on 9-11. This stars Charlie Sheen from Two and a Half Men, Whoopi Goldberg from Ghost, Gina Gershon from Face Off, and Luis Guzman from Boogie Nights. I really don't know what to say about this movie. Okay, that's a lie. I have notes ready, but I, I, it took me a while. You all know that I'm for the untold stories of things like wars and tragedies. I believe stories should be told, but I'm still wondering why this one, because it leaves me scratching my head. Is this Hollywood capitalizing on the biggest tragedy of an act of terrorism in American history, or did someone along the way truly believe that this movie had to be made? Uh, the sad thing is, is that this looks poorly presented, even if we knew, even if we knew this is a passion project from someone who's heard of this story and who believed in telling it, it looks poorly presented. It has good actors in it, but the trailer didn't show much. These people can act, we know this, they've proven it many times, but I get the feeling that there was very little direction for these actors to work with. Like always, this could be the result of a the trailer and thus the movie will suffer from it but nothing really impressed me about this film and why just these five if you're gonna call a movie 9-11 maybe you should make it just a little bigger than that and have still tell this story but have it be part of a longer story have this be an epic movie for better movies about 9-11, we have World Trade Center and United 93. I think we should all wait to watch this movie, wait for the average person to come out and give a review. Check those out, because you know we hate critics here on Future Flix, so wait for your average Joe and Josephine to watch this and give their thoughts. 9-11 gets a 4 out of 11. All right, everyone, we have two movies left and only one pick, and it should be painfully obvious what the week's pick is so let's just get on with what the pick isn't and that movie is called home again life for a single mom in los angeles takes an unexpected turn when she allows three young guys to move in with her the stars reese witherspoon from wild lake bell from children's hospital nat wolf from paper towns michael sheen from underworld pico alexander from war machine and candace bergen from murphy brown and by the premise alone, you would think I was talking about a porno, but no, I am talking about a comedy or a romantic comedy starring Reese Witherspoon, as we have just learned. What we have here is a familiar plot, something we've, we've kind of seen before, but enough new things are added to the mix that it doesn't feel totally stale. So Reese Witherspoon is this single mom who has a one night stand. And guess what? One day her mom shows up and says, hey, there are these three boys that need a place to stay. I thought they could stay with you because in what world is that okay? A single mom who has who has the children still staying with her 
has three random-ass dudes to stay with her. Uh, that's a great idea. Dr. Phil would have nothing to say about that. Okay, f*** what Dr. Phil thinks, but still, it's not a good idea. But anyway, if we never had bad ideas in movies, wouldn't exist. So when she sees those three boys, one of them is a guy she banged. Wow, what a coincidence. But this coincidence kind of looks fun. This, this looks like a fun movie. And this comes to us from producer Nancy Myers, who worked on two of my favorite rom-coms. Okay, one rom-com, one just drama comedy. Uh, the Holiday for the rom-com and for the drama comedy The Intern, that movie with Anne Hathaway and Robert De Niro. This was also written and directed by Haley Myers Shire. And this is her first movie to write and direct. She's had small roles in movies like The Parent Trap, and Father of the Bride and What Women Want, but just like super small roles, like Girl at the Lunch Counter and Lindsay. But we have her first offering right here for Hollywood, and it looks, looks good. It looks entertaining. So in this movie, it, from the trailer, what I saw was the, the ex kind of wants to come back too. He wants to come back into the picture, but he's a gigantic dickhead. And we see this comedy build because she has these three three guys living with her. One of them she's banged. The other two, I'm, I'm not sure if they're interested in her or if she's just her maternal instincts are taking over. Then also we have the ex-husband trying to come back. So all these guys have their attention focused on her while she's trying to focus on herself for the first time in a long time. So this movie has a lot of familiar ideas just thrown together. So we have this woman who wants to find love again. We have this single mom who wants to start living for herself. We have a movie about a divorced couple that one party wants to get back together. We have a movie about a May-December relationship? Is that what is that what they're called? I don't know what it's called, but you know, an older woman and a younger man. We have a lot of things that are being put together and wrapped up in this nice little bow that looks cute. Is this going to be a great movie? No. Is this going to be anyone's favorite movie? I mean, it could, but what this is going to be is a movie that's going to be entertaining and that will make you smile. Will you remember it? Will it stay in your mind? Will it stay with you as one of those great movies? No. Not at all, but this is going to be the, one of those movies that you will see on your shelf or you'll see on a streaming service and you go, oh yes, I saw that movie and I really liked it. Maybe I should watch it again. So you watch it and you're like, yeah, all right, cool. That was fun. And then you forget about it again for a while. That's what this is. This movie's going to be familiar. It's not going to be terribly new. It's just, like I said, tired ideas put together, wrapped up in a bow to look fresh. And it works. It looks like it really works. But then again, this is one of those movies that you already know if you're going to like it or not. No matter how much I liked The Holiday, no matter, no matter how much I liked The Intern, if it's not your kind of movie, it's just not your kind of movie. But for those of you who like those types of movies, check this one out. Home and Again looks like it's going to be a cute movie. It's going to be funny and it's going to be an easy watch. It's something that you can just sit back and enjoy. It's going to be a lot more funny and a lot more comforting than our next movie. So maybe if that's what you need this week, check this one out. If not, check out the pick of the week. But let's finish up with Home and Again. That gets an 8 out of 11. And finally, we are at the pick of the week. And can you guess which movie made it? What's coming out this week? What is it? That's right. That movie is It. In the small town of Derry, Maine, an evil entity starts to kill the local children. And the brother of one of its victims, as well as his friends, band together to fight it. 
This stars Bill Skarsgård from Hemlock Grove, Jaden Liesberger from St. Vincent, Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things, and the rest of the cast hasn't really done much. Jeremy Ray Taylor, Sophia Lillis, Chosen Jacobs, Jack Dylan Grazier, and Wyatt Olaf are the rest of the main group, or the losers as they're called. And here we are, everyone, to the movie that I'm equal parts stoked to see and nervous to see. Stoked because the trailers have made this look amazing. This looks like it's going to be really good. I love Bill Skarsgård's vision for Pennywise. It looks terrifying. This is directed and was partially written by Andy Muschietti, who did the movie Mama. I'm glad this guy was picked to direct the movie because rumor has it that when he came in, the script was NC-17, which, okay, let's face it, the book is kind of NC-17, but the changes that the original writer, Kerry Fukunaga, made didn't make any sense. So so here's some of them. According to IMDb, here are some of the changes. So apparently this guy had a scene with one of the bad guys, one of the evil kids, having sex with a sheep and ejaculating on a birthday cake. What? Okay, A, that wasn't in the book. So B, why would you add that? I just don't get what kind of sick f***er this guy is to just put that in there. Okay, so there are a couple really, really messed up scenes in the book. So the source material was weird and sick to begin with so now but we have this guy who tried to change a lot of stuff and left the apparently the director scratching his head going why did you do this apparently names were changed too and he cut a so much out and even added new scenes that made it at times unrecognizable when compared to the book so the director came in wanted to make it more more true to the book and he, he even wanted to put a scene this is spoiler free put a scene in the movie that was in the book where the kids have a vision of where it came from but apparently the budget was too was too low there wasn't enough left because the that scene would have taken so much cgi that they just decided to cut it and it's a shame so hopefully the director found a way to get its origins into the movie this is something that the original movie never touched on but here's the thing is this going to be an enjoyable movie even if you, like me, have read the book, and I think it is. I think this is going to be an enjoyable movie just because it looks, it just looks really well done. Because fans of Stephen King books have to realize that a lot of his work is really, really long, and there's just too much to do, and you couldn't possibly put it in a two hour and 15 minute movie. Even if you add 45 minutes, even if you round this up to a three hour movie, hell, let's make it four hour movie, you wouldn't be able to get it all in. That's why 112263 had to be a miniseries and still stuff was cut out. And I think that's also why Stephen King's movies are so hit and miss when it comes to being made into movies. There have been some really good ones and then there have been movies like Cell. That was just terrible. So it looks like this one is going to be one of the good ones. And it better be just because this is one of his most iconic books. When you think about the big ones for Stephen King, we have It, we have The Stand, we have Salem's Lot, we have Misery, and what else? Let's throw Pet Cemetery in there just for good measure. And I know I'm missing a bunch. I know I'm missing a lot of them. But It really is one of the biggest ones. So this one had to be done right. 
And it looks like the casting director did a great job picking these kids because from the looks of all the trailers, it looks like they do a amazing job. So I think that this is going to be the best we're ever going to get. We have a director on board who really wants to do it justice, and we are getting two movies. This is confirmed. I'm looking at an article right now from MovieWeb that says it Two will explore cosmic dimensions and also return to 1989. So in It 2, we're going to see the adult part because, you know, the story is split up between them as children and then when they come back to fight it as adults. So the second movie will show them as adults, but we'll also see the kids again. And also it's going to explore where It comes from. So this is going to be a as accurate as possible adaptation with changes that are going to be made that I hope will all make sense. I'm glad that they're not going to try and capture everything from the book because in the film will feel rushed and scattered. It looks like Andy Muschietti realizes that he can't do everything and is just going to try his best to pick the best and brightest parts out. So, Obviously, this is the movie that I'm going to see this week. I've been excited for it for a long time, talking about it for a long time. I even read the book or reread the book. And so I think this is the movie that we should all see. Even if you're not a normal fan of horror movies, it is different. It's not just a horror movie. So that is why all of that is why this is my pick of the week. This looks like a well-shot movie. It looks beautiful. It looks like they picked great actors for it. And... It looks like the guy who they picked to play Pennywise, Mr. Bill Skarsgård, was the best choice. It gets an 11 out of 11. All right, friends, that's it. That is it for this episode. I said I was going to keep it quick, but look, we're still past 30 minutes. And as of right now, into 40 minutes. I don't know what it's going to be after we edit this. So next week, I promise we will get back into the news and the trailer trove. But like I said, I wanted to make this one as quick as possible just because I have some important stuff I really want to do. So let's finish this up, as we always do, with the housekeeping. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, Tumblr, and any podcast listening app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That is somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. Five stars, please. I would like an order of five stars from each and every one of you. I would really appreciate it. And please share the podcast. Tell your friends. Word of mouth is how we spread. Sure, maybe I picked up a few of you from Twitter or Instagram or the Somewhat Nerdy Facebook page, but word of mouth is is really the best way. Leave a comment also on this episode. Tell me what I'm doing right. Tell me what I need to improve on. And how do you reach me? That is a fantastic question. I'm so glad you asked. Leave a comment for me on Somewhat Nerdy, the website, and the Somewhat Nerdy, the Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter. Instagram, Tumblr, and Untapped, a beer app, Billiam SWN. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle podcasts, also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. And don't forget the Watch Your Mouth and Uncorked Gamers podcast, two really good friends of the show. Don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy site for all of our latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future friend. Please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off. I'll see you in the future.